We've been talking about how life can be overwhelming. We all know that in the last 18 months we've experienced that so many different ways through this pandemic. Um, but even without a pandemic, the future has always been a little cloudy. The future has always been unsure, uncertain. Sometimes in life there's more questions than there are answers in life. And what I do when things are cloudy, when the future is uncertain, when I have questions and, and no answers, or when I'm tempted to worry, I'm tempted to worry just like you are, or I'm tempted to be discouraged, or if I'm overwhelmed because life is just so crazy, or I have some of those unanswered questions, what I like to do, Nancy and I, we talk about it, we say, you know, in fact, we'll even pull out a pad and we'll write down, let's go back to what we know. What do we know? And we'll jot some of these things that we've been talking about. I know God loves me. You know, I know that God cares and has a plan for my life. I know that God knows everything. He's the only one who knows the future. And we write these kind of things down because what happens for me when I write down, we were talking in this series about some of the character traits, certain character traits in the nature of God. When I go through life knowing that God loves me, he's got a plan for my life, he's in control, he's the one who holds the future, it makes all the craziness in my world kind of settle down. It makes me have the ability to kind of, uh, is that God calling? <laughs> he's calling. To some people, he's got to about do that to get your attention, yes. Um, people online are going, what is he talking about? Because they couldn't hear that. So you've got to be here or you miss out on a few things. So we're talking about how, what do we really know about God. And I, when I focus on this, it helps everything else in my life kind of just calm down. And my faith remains strong and my spirit is, is lifted up. So I'm hoping that these truths, these same truths, if you'll focus on them, that they'll, they'll help in your life too. Today I want to focus on one of the attributes of God's character that is so important, if we could understand this, we would feel his presence in our life in, in a meaningful way. And that is this, that God is always with me. He's always present. He never abandons us. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever been in one of those situations where you feel like there's nobody else, you are just standing all by yourself, most of us, I think we would admit that we've felt that way at one point or another. Maybe, maybe if you were a child and your parents were divorced, maybe you felt that way then. Your family kind of felt apart and you felt absolutely alone. Or maybe it was when you were an adult and you got the divorce papers and your spouse walked out on you and your marriage fell apart and you felt so alone like never before. Or maybe there was a person in your life that you were so close to a mom or a dad or a grandparent or maybe it was your spouse and you loved them so much and you lost them. They, they passed away. And there's this emptiness and you just feel so, so alone. Most of us can relate to that feeling at least at some point in our lives. Maybe you're feeling that way now. There's no worse feeling than that feeling of loneliness. And listen, if you're feeling that way now, or if you've ever felt that way, here's the good news. The good news is the truth is you've never been alone. Just like we just sang in that song. You're not alone now, and you've never been alone. And you'll never be alone. That's the truth. Because the good news is that God has always been with you. God is with you now, and he will always 
be with you. In fact, we're going to focus on those three things in a few weeks from now in our Christmas series when we talk about Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us, that God's always been with you, that he is with you now, and he will always be with you. Psalm 139, verse 7 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. In other words, there's nowhere that you can go that God isn't already there. No matter how far you run from God, no matter how far you think you've fallen from God, God's there. He's never more than a step away from you at any time. Maybe you're thinking, well, that's hard for me to understand, Jerry. How it's hard for me to get my head around. How can God be everywhere at all times? And I'm saying he's everywhere presently at all times, and he's everywhere. He's in the past right now and in the future right now for him. And that is so hard for us to get our head around. How is that possible? It's because of one of these eternal characteristics of God, one of these eternal traits of God's character, and that is that God is omnipresent. Omnipresent. That's another one of those theological seminary kind of terms like we talked about last week when we said that God is omniscient. And I gave you a definition of omniscience is that God sees everything and knows everything all the time. God, not only is he omniscient, he's also omnipresent. I want to give you a definition because you don't need to know the big long word, but you need to know the simple definition of omnipresence is that God is present everywhere at all times. God is present everywhere at all times, if you fill in the word everywhere. There isn't anywhere or any time that God is not present right now. It's very hard for our, inf- our finite minds to wrap around this idea of an infinite God and this idea of an infinite God that is omnipresent. He's present at all places, all times, at the same time. But even though it's hard for us to understand, it's true. And today, here's what I want want you to know. When you drive off this campus, I want you to know that God is with you no matter what. And I want you to fill in a few of the no matter what's. First one, God is... God is with me even when. God is with me even when I don't feel him. Will you feel that? And even when I don't feel him. There's times, there's going to be times in our lives, all of our lives, when we don't feel God's presence. I think all of us go through times of spiritual dryness. Where it feels like God's a long way away. Those are times where we don't feel God in our life, and those are times where we maybe we don't hear God's voice in our life. And sometimes it's when life is really hard, and, and the storm of life is so intense that we can't see very far in front of us. And oftentimes at those times we think to ourselves, where is God? Where was God when I was going through that time? It's like that old footprints poem that they used to put on a, a plaque and sell at the flea market. Uh, now you can get that free. It's a meme nowadays. Um, you've never had it better. You don't have to go to the flea market and buy any of these old sayings. You can just pull them up on your computer all day long. Where God 
when we say, where was God? And he says, that's where I carried you through those those storms and those problems. But sometimes it's hard to see God or feel his presence in our life because the storms in our life, things are so bad. Now, I'll tell you another time where it's hard to feel God's presence in your life is at the opposite extreme when things are really, really good. And sometimes in our life, when, when you get that promotion or you get all those numbers on that little scratch-off card or you, you, have, you have so so many good things going on in your life, sometimes you can forget about God during those times as well, and you don't feel his presence. As I'm like, well, God, you know, things are going so good right now, I don't, I don't, even, I don't even focus on you during those times. But he's there even when we don't feel him there. You can trust that he's there, that God's with me even when I don't feel, feel him. The second thing I want you to jot down is God is with me even when I'm running away. God's with me even when I'm running away. In fact, maybe you've been running from God for a while now. Maybe you're a Christian, but if you're honest, you haven't been in church in a long time. You haven't tuned in in a long time, or, or you haven't really taken the time to talk to God in prayer in a long time. It's been a long time since you've opened up your Bible. It's been you, you dropped out of your life group, you know, during COVID, and you haven't really reconnected in any significant way. Maybe you're, maybe you're living your life in a way right now where you know really isn't pleasing, um, to God, it's not his best plan for your life. And because of that, you kind of feel like you've been running away from God. And you think, well, you know what? I've run so far from God that God's probably already given up on me by now. At least, at least I know he's not standing with me right now. But here's the thing. Here's the thing you've got to understand. No matter how far you run away from God, that's what that verse says, no matter how distant you think he is, he is never more than just one step away from back into his presence. And it's your step that's needed to be right back in the presence of God. Even when you run, he's there. So God is with me, even when I don't feel him. God is with me, even when I'm running away. Third thing, this might surprise some of you. Did you know that God is with me even when I don't believe in him? Maybe you don't even believe in God. Or you don't know if there's a God. You're not sure if there's a God. God's with you, just like he's with me and everywhere, just like he's everywhere. God's with you. Even if you don't believe in God, guess what? God believes in you. He knows who you are, and he has a plan for your life. See, that's a misnomer. Sometimes we think that, well, once you become a Christian, God has a plan for your life. Listen, God has a plan for your life whether you're a Christ follower or not. He has a plan for your life even if you're not a Christian. The Bible says that he knew you in your mother's womb and numbered the days and had a plan laid out for your life. Part of that plan is that you follow his son, Jesus, and start a relationship with him, with Jesus as your Savior. But God's got a specific design, a specific plan, and he has never left your side. He's with you right now, even if you don't believe in him. Then there's a fourth one. God is with me even when no one else is. God is with me even when no one else is. Even when it feels like it's you against the world, or it's you against your family, or it's you against the company, or it's you against your neighborhood and the whole HOA. Some of you are in that situation. You've been there before. You know, it feels like nobody is with me. God is with you. He's always with you. He's standing there with you. He's never abandoned you. 
Because listen, that is who God is. And that is what God does. He's omnipresent. And there's never been a moment of your life that he wasn't there for you. He's never abandoned you. But here's the thing. We can know that God is always with us. But it's one thing to know it in your head. It's another thing to feel it in your heart, to feel it in your life. And we go through these, these times when it feels like God's not there in our heart. And we don't feel his presence and we feel alone. And in those moments, we've got to ask ourselves, how do I plug in to the presence of God? I know he's there. We know he's there, but I don't feel him. We don't feel him. How do we experience him? So I want to share with you four spiritual practices that if we make these spiritual practices a part of our everyday life, even this week, you're going to be able to feel God's presence, maybe by the end of the day. No matter what you're going through in life, the good, the bad, the ugly, these four practices will help you, help us enjoy God's presence every day of our life. So I want you to jot these down. And the first one I'm going to give you, I'm going to warn you right now, is the hardest one. For Americans, for me especially, this is the hardest, hardest, hardest one. If I'm going to enjoy God's presence, number one, I have to be still. Be still. That's the first step if we want to experience God and we want to feel His presence in our life and live in a deeper way. I have to learn to be still and be quiet in the midst of all the noise, all the activity, all the craziness in this world. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. So to this first thing to do to experience God's presence is to stop doing some things. Stop striving for more and more and more. And just for a moment, take a deep breath and be still and be quiet. You see, we're so distracted in our world, we don't have time to think deep thoughts. We don't have time to connect with God. We're so distracted by our devices, by our family, by our constant communications, our emails, our text messaging, our instant messages, our push notifications. I mean, they're going to tell you every time somebody likes one of your pictures. <gasps> they liked my picture. You know, when you don't get five of those within the next minute or so, you feel like nobody likes my picture. Nobody likes me. God says, look, if you want to know me, if you want to feel my presence in your life, you've got to stop striving, 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 going, going, going for just a moment and sit still in my presence. Now, most of us, if we're honest, will admit that that is so difficult to do. I have people tell me all the time, Jerry, if I sit down and I'm still for five minutes and I'm quiet and I get rid of all the stress, I fall asleep. I'm out like a light. Well, that's good. You, you need a nap, obviously. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. That's in the Bible. Have I told you to read the Bible lately? Jesus modeled that. He took naps all the time. A lot of Old Testament characters took, took a nap because they were so tired. Now, taking a nap, if you stop to be still, to be alone with God, and you fall asleep, 
You're overtired. You need rest for your soul. But that's not being quiet before God. When you wake up from that nap, when you finally feel, oh, I, feel I feel rested, that's when you can start to be still. Being still while you're awake. Being still while you're silent. It's hard. It's hard to stop striving. It's hard to turn off all the notifications. It's hard to unplug, they call it. But I want to look at what happens in this verse. It tells us what happens if we commit ourselves to periods regularly of being still before God. Look what it says. This is uninterrupted silence. You need me to explain what uninterrupted silence is. It's where you're, you're quiet and you turn off all the devices and you you set up a boundary between all the people in your life. Mom, 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 mom. Those people... And you are quiet and silent. Some of you, you're like, man, if I get quiet and silent like that, I hear the air conditioner, I hear the lights buzzing, and it drives you a little crazy. Go outside. And then it's like, well, the birds, the birds are okay. They'll help you. Okay? You're, you're, you're fine. If I could get you outside and be quiet without your phone, huge help. But look what it says. It says, be still and know that I am God. It means we will discover, if we stop striving, if we commit ourselves to being still in uninterrupted silence, it says we will discover who God is. We will feel His presence and see His face. And somehow the Spirit of God reveals Himself to us when we shut out the loud, busy distractions and we close our mouths for a moment. And we turn off all the screens and the devices, and we just sit still, and we listen, and we wait. And God says, if we will be still, he will reveal himself to us. We will feel his presence. If we refuse to sit still, we may gain knowledge of God. I'm giving you a lot of knowledge of God over the, this four-week series. It would be great if you could memorize these outlines. It would be great if you download and listen to it every day. And you, But you can know all about God and never really know God until you spend time with Him. We'll miss feeling His presence. So if you're never still, it's almost impossible to feel God's presence and to hear His voice. We have to have this these moments of stillness in our life. And Jesus, our Savior, modeled this to us over and over again. It says things like this verse from Luke 5, 6. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness. Circle the word often. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Moments of stillness, moments of quiet. Some of us are so exhausted because we are constantly in motion, we're constantly stimulated by the screen or screens in front of us. We're constantly responding to the demands of everybody in our life our friends, our bosses, our kids, our spouses. Constantly, constantly. Somebody wants you right now. If you can't remember the last time you sat in quiet, in silence before God, you probably don't feel His presence very strongly in your life. And you've probably lost some of your perspective. 
eventually we will come apart. Under all the demands of life, our life will fall apart. It's been said, we will come apart if we don't come apart from all of that. And we'll never experience God's presence in a deeper way if we don't slow down and we don't, and we're not still. I told you this was going to be the, the hardest one. We'll never hear God talking to us. So what does this look like in practical life? What, is it, what does it mean? To, maybe for you it's early in the morning. Some of you are morning people. That means you get up before anybody else. And you spend some time alone with God. I'm not talking about an hour. I'm talking about 15 minutes. Start with five minutes of quiet before God in the morning that you actually stay awake. Maybe you're not a morning person. Maybe you don't even believe in God before coffee. And you're like, it ain't going to happen in the morning, Jerry. So, but for you, maybe, maybe you are a night owl. Maybe you could give up that last 30-minute show. Or those last 15 minutes of looking at memes before you go to bed or scrolling through your phone reels before you go to bed and you just say, you know what, I'm going to focus on you and be quiet before you. Or maybe for you it's in the middle of the day. You could take a walk at lunch. Or maybe it's on the way home before you actually pull into your driveway. You stop 15 minutes for 15 minutes, a mile or so from your house and you just kind of pull over and you just you just kind of spend some time with God before you pull into the house. We've got to have this moment where we disconnect, where we can just be me and God, and we're just still. That's the first daily practice, and I admit it's the hardest one, that if we could set aside some time this week, five minutes, ten minutes a day, and be still with God, we will start to feel his presence in our life. The second thing we do to enjoy God's presence or to experience his presence is we have to be prayerful. Fill that in. Prayerful, prayer is just communicating with God. It's just having a conversation. Just like we have to talk to a friend or to a spouse or a family member in order to have a relationship and have that relationship grow and for us to feel close to that person, it's the same with God. If we want to continue to feel God in our lives, then we've got to communicate with him, and that's why prayer is so important. And here's the thing. We can talk to God about anything, about all of our hopes, all of our dreams, about all of our fears, all of our worries, anything we can talk to him. Just remember, prayer is simply talking to God. It's as simple as that. Psalm 5, verse 3 says, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Obviously, David was a morning person. It's great to begin your day talking with God. Talk to him about the things that you're unsure of. Talk to him about your worries and your fears. Talk to him about the things that you need to ask him to help you with during the day. Ask him to be there with whatever comes your way today. But don't just stop Talking to God in the morning when you say, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's not enough to just pray the first thing in the morning. In fact, it says that we're supposed to, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Now, that doesn't mean that all we do is pray all day. But it means that you can pray anytime, anywhere to God because he's everywhere all the time. 
And here's the thing. When we make this commitment to pray, not only will we feel God's presence, but prayer moves God. God can do more in one second than all of us can do in all of our lives put together. So when we pray, God moves. I want to challenge you with this. Because oftentimes, those of you who still commute to work, you still get in a car and you drive to work, oftentimes on your way to work you start thinking about all the things that are going to happen, all the meetings you got and all the, all the, the emails you need to give out or the memos you need to come up with or the, the project that you're working on. And, and the first thing in the morning as you start thinking about that, you start to feel overwhelmed. You start to feel like, oh, my God, the anxiety starts going up. And you haven't even really started your day yet. You're just barely out of the, out of the neighborhood, and already you're burdened. What if instead of doing that, what if we took time and we just said, you know what, God? I'm just going to take a deep breath, and, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to say, God, I, I, this is my day. I'm giving you my day. I want to feel your presence throughout the day. I know there's going to be issues, and I know there's going to be meetings, and I know there's going to be emails, and I'm just going to not worry about that. I'm going to trust you with those. And I know there's going to be some things that are not easy, and God, I'm going to surrender those to you. You're in control, and I'm asking for your help in advance. I promise you, when you do that, that anxiety, that fear, that worry will reduce in your life. Now, I know some of you, you don't drive to work anymore. You don't have to get on I-4. You just have to go downstairs. But it's amazing how heavy that burden can get just by just taking... 10 or 12 stairs, steps downstairs. And as soon as you know, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do that, by the time you're at your office door, you're already feeling just as burdened as the guy that's fighting I-4. And you've got to pray quicker. Every step you've got to say, and God, I'm going to give you my emails, and God, I'm going to give you my Zoom meeting, and God, I'm going to give you this, this difficult conversation that I've got coming up. And you pray and you give those things to him. So quick recap, how can I feel God's presence? Well, first thing is to be still. We've got to learn to be still. Second thing, be prayerful. Pray about all the things that are bothering you, and you'll feel his closeness to you. The third thing I should write down, and this is something we have to do also, is I have to be joyful. We feel that and I have to be joyful. Now, I want to start by clearing up some common misconception that joy and happiness are not the same thing. They come from two different words. Happiness comes from happenstance, and it has, it's connected to circumstances, it's connected to people, it's connected to things. You get, many people get their happiness from good circumstances with their people, their relationships, and with their stuff, their things. The problem is that things change. People change. Relationships are dynamic, and they change. So when you're going through life and your happiness is tied to someone else or something else, and they change, it impacts or changes your happiness. That's why happiness ebbs and flows. It comes and it goes in our life. We have to be joyful. Joy is something deeper. Joy is not connected to other people or other things. Joy is connected to God. He never changes. So that side of the equation always remains the same. The side of the equation where joy changes is our side. And that's why we have to play a part in being joyful. We have to make a conscious decision to live a joyful life. Because we don't always wake up feeling joyful. You don't wake up every morning just full of joy. 
So we have to, we have to do a few things to, to choose to be joyful. How do you choose joy? How do you choose to be joyful? Regardless of everything that's going on in our lives, all the negative things, how can I choose to be joyful and feel God's presence? How's, what's that look like in our lives? I want to give you two ways. There's probably more ways, but if I get you to just do these two, it'll change your life. It could change your life literally by the end of today. What are two things, two ways to choose joy and be joyful in our life? The first thing I want you to feel in there is we can be thankful. We can be thankful. We fill that in. We express our thankfulness to God for what he's done for us. I've given you this homework before, probably 20 times in the last 30 years as your pastor. I've said, I want you to go home and I want you to write down the top 50 or the top 100 things that you're thankful for. Some of you have done that, and that has changed your attitude, your joyfulness, your life for months and months and months just doing that one exercise. Because when you go home and you write down the top 100 things that you're thankful for, it changes your heart. It does. When you start thanking God that you can see, when you start thanking God that you have feet, when you start thanking God that you have a roof over your head, when's the last time we thanked him for a roof over our head? When's the last time we thanked him for the job that we have? When's the last time we thanked him for food on our table? You see, most of us, if we're honest, we, we tend to focus on the negatives. We spend most of our life focusing on everything that's going wrong in our lives on all the things that we want to have but that we don't have. And when we do that, it, it poisons our attitude. And we don't have an attitude of joyful thankfulness. We have an attitude of frustration because we're not getting what we want, everything that we want, and things aren't going the way we want. Instead of focusing on that, we've got to focus on what we do have. And we've got to express our thankfulness to God. If you'll write down the 99 or 100 things that you're most thankful for, I can tell you tomorrow will be the best Monday you've had all year long. When we express thankfulness, and everybody can do it, anybody can do it. When we choose to be joyful, it helps us to feel not only joy, it helps us to feel God's presence in our life. We feel closer to him. When we start listing all the things that he has done for us. Well, the second way to choose joy may surprise you even more. One of the ways we can choose joy is we can sing. We can sing out just like we did a few minutes ago. It's a great way to express our joy is through singing. It says, sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with our heart. Now, we do that on Sundays here at SCC, but you don't have to only do it on Sundays here at SCC. You can do this any day and several times a day during the week. You sing out. You put on Z88 or you, you say, Alexa, play worship music by passion. And passion music starts up. Or you tune into the contemporary Christian on your Pandora or however you get your music. You set up a Spotify playlist and you go there and you just sing along with it. Now, I know some of you are saying, look, 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 I just can't sing. Well, that's why you need to do this alone. <laughs> you know, just everybody else because you're focusing on joy and, and you want to spend time alone. Now, let me just tell you something. You may not like your singing. 
your family might really not like your singing. But you know who really loves your singing? God loves your singing. He loves the way you sing. You might not sound good to anybody else, but you sound good to God. You know how I know that? He's the one who gave you that voice. If God didn't like the way you sing, he could make you sing better. But he doesn't. He hasn't made you sing better, apparently, for the last 40 years. So you're, you're stuck with the way that God likes for you to sing. And he likes it. Might be the only one who likes it. And if you'll sing out to him, you'll get alone. And I know if you think, well, there's, there's, just, there's people in my house all the time. There is no alone in my house. Well, go get in your car. And turn on the Z, Z88.3. We sing all of the Z songs here. You'll know the songs already. And you sing in your car. So people look at me. They're not looking at you. They're singing in their car. They got some lonely old country song going over there about their dog dying there, their truck crashing. You think they're, they're emotionally singing about Jesus. No, it's their Ford. When they look over at you and they see you crying, they think she's crying about her Chevrolet. But don't worry about what other people think. You just sing out to God. Listen, when you sing, just like we sang a little while ago, you could feel God's presence. When you're raising a hallelujah, or when that grace is covering that ground, or when we sang about you'll never be alone, those are the that will draw you into God's presence, and you'll feel His presence. Psalm 100. Verse 2 says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. Fourth one. Number four, if I want to feel God's presence in my life, number four, I have to be aware. I have to be still. I have to be prayerful. I have to be joyful. I can do that by being thankful and by singing out. But I have got to be aware. Now remember, God is omnipresent. His, his presence is everywhere all the time. No matter where we go, no matter what we do, God is present. So the right question for us isn't, God, are you there? That question has already been answered. Yes. There's nowhere you can go and ask the question, God, are you there? And he's not there. We talked about that. But the right question for us, the better question for us, the question that we should be asking is, God, if you're there, why can't I feel your presence right now? God, if you're there, why can't I hear your voice right now? God, if you're there, why am I freaking out about all these crazy things that are going on in my life right now? At work, in my relationships, in my marriage, with my kids, Instead of feeling your peace and your presence and your power, God, if you're there, why am I not feeling those things? Why do I feel so disconnected to you? Those are good questions. Sometimes, because we're not taking the time to be still. Sometimes, it's because we haven't spent any time talking to him in prayer. Sometimes, it's our attitude. We're not thankful. We're ingrateful. Nancy's often said to me, you know what, God has has blessed us beyond our ability to be grateful. God has blessed us so much. And we're grateful some of the times, but a lot of times we just are ungrateful for how great he's been in our lives. A lot of the time, it's just because we're not aware. We're just not paying attention. We're not looking for God 
everywhere. He might be talking to us, but we're oblivious. Because he's talking in that still, small voice. And we've got everything in our life blaring in front of us. Ephesians 4, 6 says, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. God is ever. It says everywhere. It says he's over all, he's in all, he's living through all. That means that God can speak to us any time, anywhere, any way he chooses. That means that God is continually speaking to us in multiple different ways, reminding us of his presence, reminding us of his love for him. One of the primary ways that he speaks is through his word. I've mentioned many times, hey, we should be reading our Bibles. We need to spend time reading his word. He speaks through his word. He also speaks through prayer when we spend time talking with him. God also speaks when you come to church on Sundays. So many times as someone teaches the word, we've heard God speak to us. i got to tell you, almost every week someone comes up to me and says, Pastor, I felt like God was speaking straight to me today. Or I felt like, sometimes they say it this way, they say, I thought, I thought you were speaking straight to me. And I'm like, I wasn't. God was. God knows what I'm going to say before I say it. He knows what you need to hear. And he gets you here. Sometimes you don't even know you're coming, but he gets you here. And then I say something. Sometimes I say stuff that I don't even know that I'm going to say. And God just kind of squeezes it in there. Sometimes I say something I know I shouldn't say. And God knew I was going to say that. I'm not blaming that on him. I shouldn't have said it. But he says, oh, I knew he wasn't going to say it. You know, I knew he was going to say that when he shouldn't have said it. And you laugh. And then you let your defenses down. And the next thing you know, God gets in and speaks to you. The primary way he speaks is through his word, through prayer, through studying his word or hearing his word together. Those are the three primary ways. But if you'll be aware of God's presence, he can speak to you at work. He can speak to you through your friends. He can speak to you through those rugrats in the back of the car, in the back seat. He has spoken to me through my kids many, many times. He can speak to you at school. He can speak to you when you're buying groceries and you walk through the produce and you're like oh man look at all this beautiful produce and it's such a huge variety and we're just blessed with an overabundance and you just feel at that point like god i could eat any of these 1000 different things you have been so good to me praise god for all of this and thank you god for Publix, right and he can speak to you you can be close to god you can definitely be thankful in the chick-fil-a line everybody there's praising god Praise God for chicken. Even they say it. Have a blessed day. Their pleasure, right? I mean, there's a couple of grouches at Chick-fil-A, but my, almost everybody else is like, you know, praising Jesus. You can sing in the Chick-fil-A line, that's for sure. You see, we can see God anywhere. The point is, throughout your day, if you are looking for God everywhere, you will find him everywhere. If you're not looking for God anywhere, you'll find that too. You won't find God anywhere. Even when you feel like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he is there with you. If you'll look for him, he'll reveal himself to you. Even in those difficult situations, if you pay attention, you'll see him. And then you'll know you're not alone. Listen, if you're here today and you feel alone right now, or you're watching online and you feel alone right now and you don't feel God's presence in your life, let me just ask you a few of these questions. 
Are you finding time to be still? Every day, do you find five minutes to be still before God, quiet? Are you talking to God? Have you prayed to Him about whatever you're worried about and afraid about? Are you connecting with Him every day? How about your attitude? Are you working on a joyful attitude? Are you thankful? Or are you seeing everything that's wrong in your life and it's poisoned your attitude? Are you being aware? Are you looking for God everywhere, every day, all day? Are you noticing the ways that he's trying to speak to you each and every day? You see, God has these divine appointments planned for you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe you're here and you don't feel God's presence in your life because you've never had a relationship with God. You're not a Christian. You're not a follower of Jesus yet. I want you to know that today you can begin that relationship with God. You can begin to experience His peace, His presence, and His power in your life in a way that you never even knew was possible if you would just say yes to Jesus Christ. If you'll ask Jesus to come into your life and be the leader and the Lord and the boss of your life, you'll never feel, you'll never have to feel alone again. And you can know that He is with you. Our last verse are some of Jesus' last words to his disciples before he went to heaven. And the disciples were freaking out. The disciples were very upset because they were feeling like they were being left alone. And they were feeling like, Jesus, you're leaving us. But look what Jesus says in Matthew 28. He says this to the disciples. I believe he says this as a promise to us as well. He says, and be sure of this. In other words, there's no doubt about this. You can bank on this. This is something you need to write down. This is what I know. Be sure of this, Jesus says. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Now, when you start piling up these things you're writing down on your notepad, if you're overwhelmed or you're going through a tough time or you're worried or you, life has been hard or there's a lot of questions, you start writing these things down. And I, that's what I do. I go back to what I know. God, I know God loves me. I know God knows everything. He sees the future. He has a plan for my life. And I know God is with me. Listen, when I know God loves me, and I know God has a plan that's best for me, and I know that he's with me, that changes how I walk forward into my future this week, this Monday. And I hope that you will focus on what you know. God loves you. God knows the future. He has a plan for you. It's the best. And God is going to be with you no matter what. Let's pray. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes. And just take a deep breath. And let this be a time between you and God. Where you get things right with God. Maybe there's something you need to tell God. Maybe there's something you need to ask God for. Use this time to do that right now. Father, as, as we come to you. We pray and we thank you that you are our God. That you are omnipresent. Our finite minds can't even really grasp you as an infinite God. But God, I thank you that you're so powerful that we can't understand you completely. Thank you for loving us enough that you've never left us. You've always been there. And Father, I would pray for those who feel alone right now. 
who feel abandoned, who feel like there's no one standing with them, who are afraid, people who are worried, who are stressed out, God, I pray right now that they'll turn to you, that you will reveal yourself to them. And as we pray right now, I just pray that they will feel an overwhelming sense of your presence, your peace, your power in their life. Let them know that we're not alone, that they are not alone, and that they've never been alone, that they never will be alone. Let us know that. Not just know it in our minds, but feel it in our hearts. And God, I want to pray for those who are here today who don't know you. I want to pray for you. Those of you who are here today and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, you've never had a relationship with God, you've had those times where you felt alone, but you never even knew that God could be there, wanted to be there with you all the time. Listen, if, if you're ready to begin that relationship with God, to feel His presence and His peace in your life right now, all you need to do is give your life to Him right now. It's a simple prayer. You just say a prayer. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to to stand up or say it out loud. You just simply think a prayer in your mind and say, God, I believe you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Allow me to feel your presence and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will never leave me. You make that your prayer. If you prayed that prayer, He'll come into your life today. Heavenly Father, I I thank You that You are all-powerful. I thank You that You are all-knowing. And I thank You that You are all-present. God, I thank You that You love us and that we can know You love us and that You have a plan for us that's best because You know the future and You see everything. And God, I thank You. May we never forget that you are always with us, that we know that you are with us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you guys. It's Mel. I hope you're as encouraged as I am by remembering that God is always with us. Have a great week, and be sure to join us again next Sunday. See ya.